Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here's how we say it at FCBC. We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, I want to look at a scripture today. Actually, I'm going to do part two next week, I think. But today I want to look at something found in the gospel according to John. John's gospel. The third chapter. Verses 22 through 24. John 3, verses 22 through 24. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. It's one of these, these verses that we just read and just gloss over. And sometimes the scriptures that we just gloss over are packed with things we miss unless we dig a little deeper. And I want to do that with these verses this morning. John 3, 22 through 24 in the New Revised Standard Version. Here's how it reads. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he spent some time there with them and baptized. John also was baptizing at Enod near Salim because water was abundant there, and people kept coming and were being baptized. John, of course, had not yet been thrown into prison. Come on, let's pray, beloved. God, thank you on this day for this time that you have called us together. Thank you, God, for this season, oh God, season of grace and favor. God, we ask in this time that is ours to share that you would move in such a way those who hear your word today would feel encouraged and empowered. Thank you, God. Just this week, we have more than enough reasons to be grateful. Just this day, we have more than enough reasons to be grateful. So, God, with gratitude, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This, O oh God, is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing. Let me read those scriptures again, or those verses again. John 3, 22 through 24, in the New Revised Standard Version. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside. And he spent some time there with them and baptized. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim because water was abundant there. And people kept coming and were being baptized. John, of course, had not been, not yet been thrown into prison. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim. This morning, for the next few moments, I want to share from this thought, searching for Salim. Searching for Salim. Hopefully it'll make sense in the midst of this sermon this morning. I know that I am not the only one this morning who can be vulnerable 
and transparent enough to state that I've been damaged. Most of us, if not all of us, in some way, shape, or form, can say that we are or have been among the rank of the damaged. Deep feelings of brokenness. Deep feelings of woundedness. Not that you are necessarily broken, because the therapist had to remind me of that one day. Because there are moments where you can say, I'm broken. But you have to change that language and be able to say, I've had a broken moment. All of us in some way, shape, or form can say we have experienced being damaged with feelings of brokenness. But then there's something that happens to those of us who've been damaged. We are not only damaged, but at times we become desperate. Damaged and desperate. Desperate for what? Desperate for healing. Desperate for change. Desperate for a way to be made. Damaged and desperate to get out of the spiritual malaise and emotional labyrinth that we experience in our lives connected to feelings of being Damaged. Have you ever been damaged and desperate? We don't always want to admit how damaged we are. We don't always want to admit those moments where the inbreaking of bleakness and brokenness combine to wreak havoc on our emotions. Have you ever felt damaged and desperate? Where you find yourself a pool or puddle or stream of tears constantly when you are always finding yourself bent over and even crawled up in fetal position in your own moments of aloneness and nobody understands the scale of brokenness that you feel. Nobody can see the depth of agony that you feel. And part of the reason people don't see the depth of the damage is because you try so hard to push your way through and fight your way through and force your way through. No one understands what it means to live in the margins of your own mind. No one understands what it means to live with chronic anxiety because when you live with chronic anxiety, your, your nervous system goes into overdrive and it wreaks havoc on your physical well-being and you find yourself a psychosomatic mess. Have you ever been damaged and desperate to see a change in your life? Damaged. And, and at times that in your damaged state, you wish you could wear a sign that says, be careful. Keep your distance because some people are not ready to handle you in your damaged space. You, you want to almost have a warning to tell people, be careful when you engage with me because unless you're familiar with the territory of damage that you won't always understand, be careful when you desire to engage and be in relationship with me because I'm in recovery from the broken places and, and I'm not yet perfect and I don't have it all together. And if you're not ready to walk with me during those damaging moments, don't try to touch my heart if you don't want to touch my pain. Don't, don't try to enter my space if you don't want to see my tears. Don't try to hold my hand if you can't hold my grief at the same time. You ever 
been damaged and desperate. And all you got to do is take a cursory glance. You look around and you see damaged families and damaged people and damaged women and damaged men and damaged youth every day. Damage abounds. And part of your desperation for a place of healing and restoration is because your soul is tired of feeling the weight of being damaged. Can, can I tell you this? It's okay with being damaged, but it's not okay with being okay about being damaged. I hope you get that. There's a difference. It's okay to be damaged, but it ain't okay with being okay with being damaged. Something in your soul longs to be free of the emotional and psychological chains that hold your possibilities captive because of the depth of damage you felt in your life and oh my god there's some of us in here tonight who if they had to title their journey on some parts of the journey it would be from damage to damage to damage to damage to damage that some parts of your journey are like a catalog of brokenness and and the desperation you feel is because you are empty. 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 See, you may be tired, but I need to help somebody know today there's a difference between being tired and empty. No more gas in the tank. No more emotions to spare. No more empathy to give. Empty. And yet even in empty, you can still be desperate for the healing. I'm convinced that in Jesus' day, there were damaged people living in damaged places inhabiting damaged spaces who are desperate for a new day. That's all you really want when you are deeply damaged, to believe that you can wake up tomorrow and it really be a new day. Because oftentimes when you wake up with deep damage, it is a painful repetition of the daily emotions that grind your spirit. And you just long that tomorrow will really be new. That tomorrow will really bring something different other than the circumstances that have created the damage. And, 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 and again, the same feelings existed in Jesus' times. It is, it is this deep feelings of lostness. And sometimes people around you are in such a hurry to get you past that place, they miss seeing your pain. They want you to get better, but they don't see what caused the damage. They existed in Jesus' time. This is why I'm convinced when, 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 when John the Baptist was baptizing people for repentance of sin, I want you to hear this closely because think about this. If you were damaged living in Jesus' day, the thought was that the damage was your fault. 
that some sinfulness in you or your family, your parents, caused the brokenness in your life. And so the belief was in some way that maybe if I could get away from the sin, I could get to my healing. The problem was the thinking was flawed, but the desperation to be healed was still real. You see, this is why so many people made their way to John down by the Jordan, because what they heard in him, see, you and I read the text about John, and he offered repentance from sins, and you and I think they were just doing something wrong. No, in that day, the belief was that your damage was a result of your sin, and so a desire to de detach and disconnect from the sin was a simultaneous desire to be healed. That's why they left the synagogues and went out to the wilderness where John was because sometimes when you're desperate for your healing you will leave a place of expected healing to find your breakthrough even if it's in the wilderness so John was baptizing and Jesus was baptizing those verses saying Jesus went to the Judean countryside, and some translations said he didn't only go to baptize, but he went to rest. I mean, Jesus models this all through the New Testament, those moments where the mission is real, the work is real, but Jesus is aware that disconnection and rest are just as real and necessary. It said Jesus went to the Judean countryside to baptize and rest. But watch what it says. It said that John went to Enon near Salim to baptize, and the people kept coming. What does that mean? I'm going to be done because you're going to get this. Why, why did they keep coming? Even though Jesus' ministry has begun, why did they keep coming to John when John was at Salim? See, this is one of those words you read in the Bible and you just bypass. You don't even try to figure it out. You just, John was baptizing somewhere. Enon simply means a spring, water. The text says that water was in abundance because there was a spring at Salim. So you got to get this. Water is in abundance at Salim. Life is in abundance at Salim. And here it is. If I take, when I tell you the name, really the sermon is over. Salim translates into undamaged. You, you, you mean that the people who kept coming to John were constantly seeking a place that had not been damaged? It, it's like the desperation of those of us who've been damaged. You just want to get to a place that is undamaged. You want to get to a place, a space, even people who can somehow reinforce that this space is a safe space that has not been tainted by damage, especially when you've been living in it for a long time. How many of you have been desperate? No, 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 no. How many of you consciously or subconsciously who have wrestled with damage have been searching for Salim? The undamaged place. Why is that place necessary? Why? Because when you have felt the depths of damage, you just want to experience, Dr. Lena, a place of security where you can be vulnerable. Tired of holding your guard up all the time. 
tired of always being on edge and, and always thinking that someone has ill intentions when it comes to entering your life. Tired of constant repetition of the damaging themes that have been weaving their way through your very existence. Weary of those spaces and places that continually drive you to the margins of your own mind, feeling as though your life is worthless, hopeless, senseless. Tired of those places that reinforce the kind of nihilism that is so rampant in our culture where people don't care anymore and don't care about life and don't care about other people. People and don't care about themselves. And, and you just want a place where you can breathe without having to look over your shoulder and you can live without having to worry about who's trying to take advantage of you. And you can function with, able, with the ability to tap into your own gifts and who you are. Everybody wants an undamaged place where you can go and rest easy, a place where, where, where you can feel accepted for who you are and you don't have to pretend you're something that you are not because you're not ready to deal with the chastisement and the ridicule that might come if people really understood who you were. We long for a place where we can be ourselves without pretentiousness, where we can show up in the fullness of our truth and be authentic, where our authenticity is not shunned because somehow our authenticity may make us feel awkward. And then because we feel awkward, we then try to get a adjusted to maladjusted spaces and then think that something is wrong with us and, and our awkwardness or your quirkiness. And so you try to surrender your awkwardness and your quirkiness at the altar of conformity, trying to find a place where you fit in. But I got to help you with your damaged self. Yes, me too. That don't deepen the damage by trying to fit in to a place that can't handle the nature of the fullness of your experience, whether it is your good or your bad, your light or your dark. In fact, if you can't handle my damage, you won't be able to stand with me in my breakthrough moment and in my season of restoration. We gotta have those safe spaces, a place where you can build your resilience without being on edge. I need that space that's undamaged that can fortify me and pour into me and make me feel better about who I am and, and live in those spaces. I know they're not permanent places, but every now and again, you need to tap in to that space that makes you feel completely your authentic self. There's nothing wrong with searching for Salim, an undamaged place. Because oftentimes the instigator is your fatigue. Have you ever crawled to your healing? B because you were so tired, you you ever showed up at your healing short of breath because the journey almost exhausted you of life. Oh, look at the story. They came to the undamaged place because life was in abundance. Water was in abundance. Maybe part of the work you need to do is before you go searching for Celine, make sure the place that you're searching for has life. Oh, God. Can I tell you why I'm going to be done? How many times have you gone searching for your healing, but you did not check if the place had life and you end up not only deepening the damage, but you started dancing with death. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What does that mean? That mm-mm. When you wake up and you feel the cloud of damage hovering over you, mm -mm. that simple gesture 
starts to awaken the forces that are on your side. To let the forces on your side know that today will be different because today I will participate in my healing. Mm -mm. That's a signal to those around you who want to keep you in those damaging places that this is the last time I let you get in my head and get in my mind and make me feel like I'm less than. Mm -mm. And then that's to remind myself that no weapon today formed against me shall Look at your name and tell them, mm -mm. today's the wrong day to take me back to where I came from. Uh-uh. Today's the wrong day to test my strength. Mm -mm. Today's the wrong day to test my resolve. No, I woke up different today than I went to sleep last night. I woke up ready, searching for the undamaged place. Okay, okay, I'm done. I got to go. We got we got communion, but, but, but here's what I think will help you as you search. You see, here's what I believe. Sometimes in our culture, we've created from churches and, and the like in our self-improvement culture, we love giving people steps. Y'all know me. Whoever been around me, I don't play steps. Four steps to this, five steps to this, three steps to that. There's a reason. Because... The assumption is that if you do the steps, everything will be okay. Now, here's the problem with that. If you do the steps and everything is not okay, then instead of scrutinizing the steps, you scrutinize yourself. You start thinking that you did it wrong. No. Why I don't believe in steps is I believe that everyone can discover their own path to healing. But watch this. The thing that prevents you from discovering your path to wholeness and healing is you're afraid to walk by yourself. But you got to remember, there are some journeys where no one else can walk with you. You cannot Watch this. Let me tell you why. Not because people can't come with you. Hear me, because I'm going to talk about this in a second. But when you begin that actual journey, it is a journey that you must do. Watch, because you got to guard the journey. You can support me, but you cannot journey for me, especially when you damaged too. What we look like. Damage on top of damage. And some of us didn't know we married damage and we made relationships with damage and we work at damage and we work in damage and we have relationships all abounding us, friendships in damage and, and all these things, damage, damage. And what happens when the damage get together for brunch? When healing ain't on the agenda, we reinforce negative narratives, narratives of our damagedness. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me, let me. I apologize. Here. Here's what I want to suggest. Here's what I want to give you with today. These things, here's some things you can do on your journey as you search for Salim. Somebody just say it, Salim. Yeah, undamaged. Yeah, as I search for that undamaged, that safe space. Here it is. I'm going to say that. I said it can't journey for you, but they can be in solidarity with you. What do you mean? That means you need in this journey a support system. Come on. How many even know you got a good support system? Now, now watch this. I ain't talking about friends or acquaintances. I'm talking about folk who ain't afraid to get in the trenches with you who ain't afraid to get dirty with you, who ain't afraid to stay up with you all night when you try to cry yourself to sleep. I'm talking about folks who stand with you in your worst moments. That means they're prepared to stand with you in your best moments. Can I help you? Your support system are the folk who nudge you along, who push you along when you would get satisfied and stuck in the spaces that can only deepen your damage. You missed that. Look at your neighbor and say, I need a nudge. 
you look at each other and they tell me, I need a push. Yeah, because if you got the right support system, they could push you into the place where you can experience your restoration. If you got the right support system, they'll nudge you along without being too opinionated to make you feel further bad about what you're going through. You need a support system. As you search for the undamaged place. And here's what you then need to do. You need to remember, and I said this in the last series, but I'm going to say it today. You need to be able with your damaged self to identify your strengths. You know why? Because even in dark times, you still got strength. The problem is, you keep minimizing it like it ain't nothing. Okay, watch this. This is transparency, man. I gotta hurry up. Listen, what? What? Okay. How many of us honestly can say that they have experienced depression? Look at this. Dr. Lena, you see this? All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Who has experienced depression and clinical depression? Watch this. Keep going. That means you've been. Watch this. Okay, thank you. When you are depressed, you know how hard it is to get out of bed? I mean, have you ever been depressed and couldn't move? You've been paralyzed by your depression. And watch this. When you are in the throes of depression, it takes a special resolve to get out of bed. Watch this. You're there. Now, now you're in a place where you're not feeling depression. And you take it for granted getting out of the bed. If you understand what depressive damage looks like, you know that getting out of the bed is a feat of strength. It may not seem big, but getting up in the midst of your depression is a tremendous act of strength. Getting up, one, getting out of bed, two, then deciding you're going to leave the house, three, then deciding, four, you might even get something to eat, then deciding that when you walk, you won't jump off a bridge or that you won't jump off a train track. Folks understand the strength it takes when you feel damaged to get up. So support system, too, but remember your strength as you journey to your undamaged place. And then here it is simple. I'm done. Be hopeful about the future. But don't be hopeful in a kind of wishy-washy day. It don't make sense to be hopeful if you can't make a declarative statement about your healing. See, it is not saying I'm damaged, but it is saying with authority, I'm coming out of this. I am not going to stay here. See, you don't even understand. You have the words to escort yourself out of those spaces by just what you say. I am not going to stay here. I am not. Listen, I've had to tell myself that every day at times. I am not going to stay here. The temptation is to stay in the spaces and places and with the emotions and attitude that reinforce your damage and your depression. And you got to tell yourself, I am not going to stay here. Make yourself smile if you have to, but you tell yourself, I am not going to stay here. This moment, this feeling, this hurt, this pain was not how I choose to emotionally die today. I am not going. See, y'all don't get this. I'm trying to tell you something. I am not going to stay here. I have too much going for me to stay in this place. I believe that my future will be better. But hold on. I ain't talking about next week or next month. Moment by moment, I step out of this minute believing in the power of the next minute. Abraham Lincoln said, you create, Abraham Lincoln said, you create the future one day at a time. 
day by day you create the future. That means that to think about the future is not to think about next week. It's to think about the next moment of your breathing and the next moment of your living and the next moment of your functioning. And if I can stay right now in this moment at 1239 and say, God, if you let me get to 1240, I'm going to speak my healing at 1240. I'm going to step into 1240 and I'm going to say, God, I'm not staying here. And today I will bless your name. Or oh, is anybody here today who has that kind of resolve? In fact, look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, I'm not going to stay here. That in my search for Salim, that I resolve that I will participate in my healing, in my restoration, and I'll begin with anticipation that the best days are yet to come. The best moment is yet to come. I'm done. Stand on your feet, everybody who's able. Somebody needed to hear this. I'll be very intentional right now. I want us to pray. Today we're going to do our communal communion, but I want us to pray today. I want those to come down here today because there are a whole lot of folk who've been covering up the damage. If church can't be a safe space, an undamaging place, we need to close the doors. If this can't be that place, we need to stop doing what we're doing. If you are here today, And you are searching for that undamaged place. I want you to come down here today. Don't be ashamed today. If you got to cry, cry. If you got to let it out, let it out. The problem is that sometimes we've been holding on to it too long and pretending like we okay. Thinking we impressing people by pretending. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. What good is it to be in a sanctuary and not feel it's also a place of restoration and healing? Searching for Salim is about finding an emotional oasis in the midst of a psychological desert. And can I tell you this part? As you search, you might surprise yourself. And as you search for your Salim, here's one of the surprises you might find, that you are carrying Salim with you every moment. Right here. And right here is that undamaged place. And I know, I know the heart can be heavy and wounded, but it's also the place of great healing and joy and peace. So if you've come down here today, there's a few things I need to tell you that all you got to do is look around and see this one thing, that you are not by yourself. That there are other people who came here heavy like you, tired like you, weary like you, and now look at you together with the courage and confidence to come forward and say, here I am, damaged and all, but I'm also desperate for my healing. And it is closer now than it's ever been before. So as we pray, I want those of you who are not down here to intercede for those who've made their way. I, I want you to do this thing. I want you to, to, to be intentional about three things for those who are here. Intentional. 
as you intercede for those who've come here, I want you to be intentional. One, God, I pray that they see, experience a strong support system. God, I want them to have a support system so that they don't feel like they are by themselves. I want them. And then, God, I want them to see how strong they are. Because in spite of what they feel, they got up today. Impressed their way. And then, God, I want them to know to start declaring what they want to see in their healing, their future day by day. Those three things, just intercede and pray for those, right? Here now as, as we pray. Support system. Right? Strength. And belief that it will get better. Come on. God, we thank you today and we honor you on this day, oh God. For how even right now you are moving in this place. God, I thank you for making this place a place where the damage can find rest and healing, and wholeness. That's our charge as a community, oh God, to be salim for those who are searching. To be the undamaged place. That's our charge. And God, give us the strength and power to rebuke those times we forget who we are. Jesus reminded us when he talked to those who were damaged, and he said, come unto me. All those who labor and are weary and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God, we walk in the shadow of that man. We need to be those places where the weary can get rest and the burden can get rest and the damage can get rest. We want to be Salim because there are people who are searching for that place. Thank you for trusting us. But God, thank you for allowing us to be part of this journey. God, move right now. Move, oh God. Move, oh God. Over every heart here, move, oh God. Over every spirit here, move, oh God. In this moment, touch every heart. Move, Oh, God, move across this space. Move in this sanctuary. Fill this space with your spirit. Move, oh, God, in this place. Have your way. Oh, God, let healing be on the agenda. Oh, God, open up the hearts that they might receive your healing and your love. God, move in this place. Oh, God, let your spirit move in this place and fill the empty spaces with your joy and your love. Touch, oh God, those who have come into this space, oh God. Let your spirit of healing be infectious right now. We believe that, oh God. Have your way, oh God. Breathe on us, oh God. Breathe on us, oh God. Breathe on us, oh God. We might feel your presence. Breathe on us, oh God. Oh. Breathe on us, oh God. We will leave this place more fortified for the search. We will be relentless in our pursuit of our healing. And we will engage the spaces and places of people who you have sent our way to participate with us on this journey. We receive that support system, oh God. We believe in our strength, oh God. We will believe that we will be better 
not get better, be better. And we will speak that in this moment. God, we thank you. We honor you. And we love you, God. Have your way in our lives. And it is in your name we pray. And we say amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Listen, beloved, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to depart. But I pray in my heart that those words started something today. We can all search for the undamaged place because our souls long for that. And can I tell you what? It's real. That place, that space where you can lean into to be replenished and restored is real. You don't live necessary in Salim. You just know where to go to experience it. Because life is what it is. Filled with challenges and obstacles. It is what it is. But you have to have the capacity to lean into a space that will feed your soul in such a way that healing is a natural byproduct of your journey. Now, as I talk, I'm going to tell the deacons, go ahead and get y'all coats because we do a communal. I want y'all outside. Cold. Somebody putting the trays down, run to go get your coat. No. And some of you who may be helping us today, get your coats too. That's right. Serena and Lena. I see y'all. All right. Listen, before we depart, we're going to, and I'm going to ask Pastor Lakeisha to come and give out the trays so our deacons when they come back. But what I said, today is real. If we cannot be that place in this community, we need to close our doors and lock them. You know, the problem is, I'm going to be very honest, too many of our churches love drama. How are you going to be a place of healing and you living in drama all the time or sitting around destroying people from the pulpit? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's the abundance of life we live in. Amen. Amen. So today, as you depart, the deacons and those who will be assisting will be outside with communion trays. Make sure you take two, if possible. Take one home, take one to a friend, take one to somebody. Take one and have that communion before you have the other communion. I ain't crazy. I'm being real. <laughs> Let this be the first communion. Oh, my God. Come on, stand up, beloved. A few things. Uh, they'll also be, I believe, handing out those flyers. Listen, 
that blueprint for wellness next on Saturday here from nine to three. Please, please tell some friends. You may have not gone to a doctor in a while, but I need to tell you, they don't just give you some paper. They give you a bound booklet of your health blueprint. Once you take that, get that blood work done, they let you know exactly. Laverne did it. She showed me her book. It told her everything that was going on in her body. And that way she was able to know what she needed to do. So next Saturday from 9 to 3 p.m., here is our Blueprint for Wellness. It is our mobile event. And also if you need boosters or, or COVID, vaccinate, COVID vaccination, you can do that on next Saturday from 9 to 3 as well. If you got family in the West Coast, let them know that Saturday we are in L.A. at noon. You can get that information online. And we'll be posting stuff all this week about it. But most of all, don't stop your search for Salim. If you know damage, you need to know this. There are undamaged places and places that don't deepen the damage but actually participate in your healing. And as you journey, remember those three things. Make sure you got a support system around you. People who you can talk to and be transparent with who will encourage you and pour into you. Make sure then, secondly, you can pour into yourself. Remember your own strength. You got up this morning and you got out of bed and you, you did what you needed to do. And then three, live with the never dying belief that every day will be better. And not just with your words, act like it's going to be better. Live in better. Amen? Amen. Come on, beloved, let's depart. And before we pray, I want to say, we, after the benediction, you're welcome to leave, but I asked Dante to do a little bit of a song in case some of you still want to just linger in this space. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Now unto you, O God, who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless in your presence. May you continue to remind us to not give up, to stay committed, believing that, that Salim, O God, is a real place, even within us. From now until we meet again on the other side where the sun neither rises nor sets, because the sun is Jesus the Christ, the light of the world. It is in your name, O God, we pray. And we say, Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.